this is Nikki. And this is Keith, whatever, Coogan. <laughs> and this is my so-called whatever. Yay! So... Special guest! We have a special guest. Um, as you've heard, Keith Coogan is here with us. On Skype. Yeah. <laughs> Not in the same room. Skyping. Skyping about as far as you could Skype in the continental... States. For real. For real. We're like, like we are opposite. California to, to, to Bangor. Bangor, yes. Maine. Bangor, Maine. Yep. How are you? Very good. Hi. Good. Great to see your faces. Yeah. Oh, good to see you. Good to see you too. We're so excited. We are very excited. <laughs> well, I am too. I love, uh, I, I just love the, the, my so-called whatever. I mean, that's perfect. That just nails the 80s perfectly. Clueless or if it's Heather's, like my so-called life and then, you know, whatever. That's great. Awesome. He totally gets it. it. I love it. That's the thing. You know, we are influences. And so for me, it was a Sesame Street and Electric Company and Mork and Mindy and watching Saturday Night Live, you know, at eight or nine, ten years old. Uh, and the movies like Goonies and Gremlins and Raiders of the Lost Ark and yes. Jaws, yes. Star Wars, uh, and watching the adults react to those films like no one had ever reacted before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, They say a lot of the reason there's like 70s and 80s stuff being uh, redone right now uh, is because all the kids that enjoyed that, they're now old enough to be the content creators at the studios. And they have a lot of nostalgia for this. Yes. And I love it. It's all about like taking you back to that place. It's not only are you experiencing the movie, but you're also experiencing how your what your life was at that time. It's two things in one. Right. You're watching the movie, but you're also going through the motions of, of what you were like at that time, the first time you saw that movie, or you were in the movie theater with your boyfriend on a date, or, you know, things it's like that. It's the nostalgia. It's the feeling. It is. Yes. It's like taking a vacation to your childhood. It is. And that's what we're all about. <laughs> Take that vacation to your childhood. Oh my childhood. gosh. I love it. Come with us. You know, certain movies, I'll remember going into uh, Westwood, where there's so many great movie theaters in the 80s, taking the our, our Rapid Transit District, or RTD, is what we called it. Now it's the MTA out here in L.A. But up now it's bugging me. Remember, like, what theater I saw something in, and when it's playing on cable now, <laughs> uh, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was a double feature. I saw, like, A View to a Kill and Moonraker in one day. Or, no, A View to a Kill and... Rambo, Rambo, maybe on this thing. I was like, I, I, like I'll remember, you know, where I was. When I saw it. I, I love. It. So you guys, you asked one of the things that our listeners wanted us to talk about were a couple of movies. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. And Adventures in Babysitting. And we those we classic went, babysitting we, movies. We went a step further. Well, actually, Keith went a step further. He came on the podcast. I know. Yeah. I mean, there really is. Like, this I mean, is like we deliver. We delivered. That's what we do. We deliver. We want to step up. <laughs> I have. I have to tell a little story. Okay, I'm listening. About the first time, like I ever heard of Keith Coogan. Okay. I mean, I saw Adventures of Babysitting when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I didn't like put too much. Like I knew the girl, like Elizabeth Shue, like I had seen her in something else, but I didn't know like her She's name. She's from Maine. Well, did you know that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure you knew. She, yes, she came and had dinner at that restaurant I worked at. Oh, that's right. In okay. High school, but I had, um, but I was a kid, so I like didn't put two and two together. But 
I, when I was probably like 10 years old or so, nine years old, and when I started getting into like New Kids on the Block and that sort of right. thing, I had subscriptions that my family would get me for like Christmas and birthdays to like Teen, Teen Beat, Beat, Bop, Bop, yeah, 16 Magazine, and there, and you know, there's, there's the 80s guys in there. Yes. And there's Keith Coogan. Teen Heartthrob. Yes. And I was going to say, it would have like a big like heart. Heartthrob. Yes. It would. Heartthrob of the month. <laughs> so here he is in these pages. Yeah. With like Chad Allen and David Faustino. And you were and like, like, tear that out. Put that on No, the seriously. Wall. I'm like, <laughs> so who's this guy? And anyway, you, you kind of figure things out when you're a kid and you're reading through these magazines. Oh, he was in that movie. I like that movie. And then don't tell mom the babysitters. And then you're like, comes hey. out And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm putting it together. <laughs> and I just love those movies. That's, so that's kind of where that. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. an awesome story. So that's how I became introduced to Keith. And I think most people probably that are listening to this probably didn't share the exact same experience, but they, you know, saw him in the movies. Yeah. And that's so we're really, really cool. We're really excited to have him on. Yeah. Posted a couple things, I too. I posted something with Don't Tell Mom the Babies yeah. Dad. And you followed us. And I was like, I'm going to slide right into those DMs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks. Yeah, thanks so we appreciate that. Because that was, like, it was a big, it, it was a huge deal. It was a huge yes, deal. Yes, it was a huge deal. I mean, we're a podcast with two girls from Maine. And, you know. Yeah. It's it's cool when we can connect with people. and Well, you guys worked for it. You hustled it. You got in through there. And then you were emailing. We were emailing back and forth, both of us, relentlessly. Uh, <laughs> but, you're, you know, it was great because everything was uh, succinct. And it, you know, uh, we could still hear, I could still hear your tone through it. And it was all, I, I love, I'm so kind of formal in my emails. I don't really do lull speak. Uh, and you guys are totally the same. And uh, so they hustled for it just so that everybody knows. <laughs> and, and then out of all the, you know, I've done a couple of podcasts and this or interviews, whatever, uh, you know, sometimes on the phone and no one ever has sent a synopsis like that, which I thought was also very professional. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so for the most part, we try to keep it like a conversation. That's um, our whole like We're not basis. much with interviews. We're not no. good interviewers. We're not journalists. I'm not even a little I bit. I don't even pretend. But our whole, our whole like thing is we're just a bunch of friends. We're hanging out. We're talking about, ta- talking about the 80s and the 90s. Right. That's what it's all about. And nostalgia. But we do want to know some things about you, like for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar or, you know. That they're dying to know. Like, like how, tell? like how you got started. Like, did you do commercials and stuff as yep. a kid? So like, are yeah. we going to be able to go on YouTube and find like com- <laughs> commercials of young Keith Coogan? You can, uh, you have to search. So my, uh, birth name was Keith Mitchell. Oh, oh Okay. It was my uh, mother's uh, father who was the Coogans. So my, when I started, um, my mother didn't want me to work under the name Coogan and wouldn't let my agent tell uh, casting directors or anyone that I was Jackie Coogan's grandson. And he, he was upset about that. And she said, well, you know, nothing's worse for an actor than not knowing why they got a role. And uh, I did 10 years of TV under Keith Mitchell. 
and Fox and the Hound uh, is also, I was a voice of Todd, the Fox and the Fox. And, and that was all credited as Keith Mitchell. And then my grandfather passed in about 84. I uh, changed my name. In 85, I was Keith Mitchell Coogan. And then 86, I was Keith Coogan and did Silver Spoons, Growing Pains, Just the Ten of Us, and then Got Adventures in Babysitting. And so the Babysitting was my first like feature. And also the, you know, and that's where Coogan and I was Coogan ever since. That's, that's so cool. Awesome. And you were in all the shows I loved. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's so cool. So then that brings us to the natural question and what I kind of alluded to with you in magazines and stuff. Did you have crazy fans? Did you experience anything like that? Or was it just like... Not necessarily. When I was on the Waltons, I was getting fan mail. <clears throat> and, um... I'm uh, friends, Twitter friends and Facebook friends with people that sent me fan mail in 1978, 79. That oh is amazing. Gosh. And uh, that that was really cool. Just go from um, Friendster to MySpace to Facebook to Twitter, Instagram. And that cracks me up. <laughs> I was on Friendster. I, I was all I, about it. It, it was it was very short lived, but I, I was, I was, I was like, what is this network? That's really cool, though. Yeah, that's awesome that you talk to people that sent fan you mail. Fan that, mail. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. I can tell that you, he appreciates you. People. Yes, yes, you appreciate. And we it. appreciate. So you asked about like fans, so that so at, at that point in like TV as a kid, you'd kind of go in, you'd live out in the suburbs or whatever, and then you'd go into town to do the shoot all the stuff. But and you'd go to sometimes like um, parties, rap parties, or um, premieres, or you know cast and crew screenings, <clears throat> or press events. You'll go and play like softball games, or you know do like celebrity uh, kind of <clears throat> base things where there's tons of different celebrities there. <clears throat> That's where most of the photos would have been taken for those magazines. Then they would oh. also have a publicist, and you pay a publicist something every month. It's pretty expensive. They don't do a percentage. They take, so tell me how much you're going to give me a month. And then they hustle and get you in all the magazines. Those, all those magazines were owned by only two companies. So they. Wow. Just, I didn't know that. Interesting. Right. Yeah. And uh, then you <clears throat> get a movie and that's when you go and you pay your publicist more or you advance up to another publicist that maybe works for the studios and stuff. And then they get you into like people magazine and us magazine and like, you know, newspapers and like, then you start to show up in Inquirer and, uh, Oh my gosh, that's so neat. I had no I, idea. I didn't either. Like morning talk shows to, you know, and promote the movies and press tours. The studio usually pays for those. Um, and, uh, it is, you know, there's a side job. And when you're a kid, you're going to school as well. And then you'll school on the set, you know, with just like one teacher and like one kid usually. And then you also, uh, you know, have to have like a kid life and play. And then you're also going to these premieres and celebrity tournaments and things where you're work you're working, you know, 50 hours a week as a kid. Um, and but, it, you know, it is fun, of course, but it was all these little precocious brats. And uh, like that Saturday Night Live sketch where uh, she's like, no, mommy. Uh, and just very uh, overdramatic and uh, and rehearsed. And uh, there was that um, 
just a bunch of brat kids. And uh, we there was a lot of work uh, to go around in the 70s. There were so many shows you could guest on and Chips and Love Boat and Fantasy Island. Eight is enough. You know, Laverne and Shirley, you could do. Um, I did Night Rider, which was so fun. That's amazing. <laughs> I love Night Rider. <laughs> that's really interesting. And, and it's interesting to know, too, that you said that there was a lot of work back then. Um, do you feel like that's changed quite a bit? Like, did it, when did you see a change? Is it based on like age when you became a teenager or would it be based on like the 80s just got just tons more people trying to get work? Or like there were more sitcoms or right. more something. I don't yeah. know. There's well, you know, kids, it's always you don't know if you're going to be cute when you grow up. Um, you might change your interests. You're like, I don't like football or I want to play chess. Right. All right. Sure. Great. Uh, you, uh, didn't have it. Uh, it didn't happen. It, you know, you, if someone said, who was it? Um, they, uh, someone asked them, oh, uh, Curtis Armstrong, Booger from, uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, um, somebody asked him, you know, how do you, what does it take to become a successful actor? And he goes, well, the, you know, trite answer is, uh, luck. But uh, really, uh, it's true because not only luck to get a job or to be in a movie, but in luck that it resonates with audiences. Mm-hmm. And because there's so many movies misfire and so many shows don't get picked up or, you know, they air the pilot at 2.30 in the morning on a Saturday. Right. Um, and, it's, uh, and it's funny to be like eight years old or 10 years old or even 15 and um, see all of those you know, the money and the networks and understand like the power structure in Hollywood. Uh, so you, you know, you have this other side education that the uh, other kids at school, you know, they got paper routes and, you know, respect. They're like, you know, doing community service and work in the you know neighborhood. Uh, and the kids in the movie business have to keep a C average or above or they lose their work permit. Wow. I didn't know that. Oh. You spent a lot of time in the car. Uh, and changing clothes and reading lines and uh, sometimes just, you know, listening to music. Uh, you'd go, you'd get out of school, you know, public, I went to public school. A lot of kids went to either private schools or parochial schools. Um, <clears throat> and some went to these special little schools that was like, <clears throat> it was like a night school. Uh, there was no real hours. There was no real curriculum. Like there were, you know, they'd come in, do whatever, do whatever time they could. But if they, were on auditions or booking jobs and doing a lot of, uh, you know, TV shows and movies, they could just kind of come in and come out and they'd still get passing grades, but it was like a charter school, but, um, the kids, they're quick. I mean, that's why they're working is because they can read, read really well, comprehend it, memorize it and then perform it. And, you know, usually kids are, we're in like five, maybe 10 scenes out of a whole show and had to carry a little story arc, sometimes the main, and sometimes you're off on like a side B story. Um, <clears throat> and kids were also, there wasn't many parts like the champ or the kid or uh, uh, what was the one Ricky Schroeder did with the deer, the yearling, or I can't remember. Oh, um, yeah. And, you know, River Phoenix, there's certain talents as child actors, Corey Haim, Corey Feldman, uh, Christian Slater, that you're just like, they're phenomenal. Johnny Depp, you spot it when you see it, you know, like 20 on Jump Street. They got to play different characters every episode, and he showed his range 
him and uh, Deloise were amazing on that show, and that's you know that's what made Johnny Step a star. That's awesome. That is that's so cool. I love to, I love to hear the perspective. I got to do a Twenty One Jump Street. You did, but unfortunately, Johnny Depp was off shooting Crybaby, so I didn't get to. Uh, Love that movie, by the way. That's and our movie. friend, our friend Darcy, that's her favorite movie. That is, that is her, her favorite. Fa- she would make us watch it all the time. Yep. Babysitting movies. You seem to, I mean, you, you really are kind of the expert on these, I yes. would say. Can I tell you that we chuckled when we saw under your Skype name what it said? Yes. <laughs> Don't ask Don't. the babysitter. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we've already we've already kind of established the fact that we love these movies, Adventures in Babysitting. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that Adventures in Babysitting was your first feature film. Yes, well, not counting Fox and the Hound, right? But that was animated, right? It's uh, just your voice, so it doesn't count. At least in show business families, it, ca- it counts <laughs> with us. It's a human cartoon that doesn't count. So what was that like? It was your first, it was your first right. time like, like doing a movie like that. You know, I'd been auditioning for uh, films since, you know, The Shining and E.T. and Goonies and Gremlins and just wasn't getting them. I wasn't getting any uh, movies. They said, you're too TV, you know, oh, you're, you're a TV actor. Like uh, when Bruce Willis came on to did Moonlighting and Die Hard and was like the top box office and everything, that was kind of a first. Really? Uh, and, uh, but before that they brand new. So after I went through puberty and, uh, started to sprout up at about 16, um, in high school, I took a great theater class. Uh, Dr. Frank X Ford, he taught preparation, how to prepare for an audition or a part or a role. And I used those techniques to get adventures in babysitting through, you know, the auditions, the callbacks, screen tests. We did like two rounds of actual screen tests with film cameras and the lights. And uh, it was uh, a gauntlet. And Chris Columbus just uh, really rooted for me. And uh, I'd been working for Disney since I was, uh, I think, I, well, I was an extra in The Cat from Outer Space at about seven years old, oh, but wow. I was cut out. Oh. I, was, I was cut out, yeah. Can I tell you that movie, The Cat from Outer Space? <laughs> That's the first movie I ever remember crying watching. Really? Yes. I was a kid. I was a little kid, but the cat, there was something with the cat. The owner died. I don't really, I haven't seen that movie probably since then, but something with a cat. And I remember the cat looked so sad and I cried. I was probably like six. That's sad. (laughs) I know. Good movie. But you weren't in it. You ended up on the cutting room floor. Yep. Uh, It was me and another kid were supposed to skateboard in the back of another scene. And like, down the street and they wound up cutting that scene so it would have been a better movie with that scene it, it would have been a better movie with just that scene out there <laughs> just out in the universe maybe, maybe they can like redo it and put that scene back in there <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it works that way <laughs> yeah exactly I, i'm i want to see that <laughs> so yeah getting so get, and then doing adventures of babysitting so you get this movie that you go all right it's got a pretty good budget it's for disney touchstone and Touchstone had had so many hits. I mean, Ruthless People and Stakeout and uh, they were and Splash and they were just on a roll. <clears throat> so Touchstone um, was uh, Disney. They had a film fund and it was called Silver Screen Partners 3, I think. And it was uh, 
the uh, one of the board members on it was George Bush. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> uh, the junior, you know, the little, the, the young oh. one. Oh, okay, the little one. <laughs> what, what, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the things that he helped run really well. They got like six and a half times their money. You invest wow. a million bucks, you get back six and a half million dollars. You know, wow. it was one of the most successful because those um, they would release three to four to five of those Touchstone movies that they could do rated R. They could do not really rated R, but they could do. PG and more adult that weren't tied into their animation mm-hmm. and you know, their great t- uh, television specials. I loved the Sunday night Disney movie at seven o'clock. Uh, we totally would sit down and watch that. That was a different thing. That was something. Right. We would do that we, as a family every Sunday. My dad probably wouldn't partake in that, but um, no, my dad didn't either. He was yeah. probably downstairs having a beer watching. Yeah, yeah. But you know, my mom and I would sit there oh, yeah. and watch it. We would watch it Sunday night. So, uh, so Adventures of Babysitting, here this Southern California kid who, you know, is barely wears long sleeve shirts, uh, goes off to Toronto in uh, December and January. So that was a nice little, but, you know, Toronto is actually not too bad. So it wasn't filmed in Chicago? Uh, it was. So we shot for, I don't know, uh, uh, I want to say like into February uh, in Toronto, and then we came down to Chicago for two or three weeks and then uh, to make it, you know, look like Chicago. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like the blues bar location was in Chicago. Um, cool. That was Fitzgerald's. It's the same uh, pool. It was the pool hall in uh, Col- uh, color of money uh, where Paul Newman gave Tom Cruise, the Balabushka, the pool cue. Oh, cool. I don't know if or money. Uh, same look. They use that as a film location a lot. Uh, and then, uh, came back to LA and we did a week of um, special effects of like intravision. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. They had uh, taken shots of the a model of the tower that they hang off of. Uh, they sh- shots of the real buildings. Um, then they're live action, you know, shots of these. And then they bring them back and they project them from the same angle as the camera. They'd have like a mirror in front and, they would um, uh, have a really reflective screen behind the performers. And you could put set little couple of set pieces there. Like we had the grid, the iron thingy that we're walking across the chop shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a shot where it looks down on us walking over it. So we're beneath us, you know, is uh, uh, nothing dangerous at all. Uh, it's, it's two or three feet tall. And um, they used it in Stand By Me when they jump out and of the way of the train. Yes. Like on the train trust is the same uh, technique. It was in fugitive when they had the like train crash or whatever. It was just, and in the same town stage they used to do, it's an insert stage. So it's not that big, just two little stages. And I had shot a Kool-Aid commercial there uh, years before. <laughs> Did the Kool-Aid man come through the brick wall on that one? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But then after it was done, uh, they quickly uh, put it out. So we finished in like March and it was released uh, in time for a 4th of July. It was released like oh my July. Gosh, that's released over a couple of days. Um, they saw it was doing cool and they increased uh, theaters. And the next week it, it did even better. That uh, was amazing. Uh, 
People love to go see it. A lot of people will come up to me because uh, me and my wife, we'd love to do autograph shows and conventions and go around the country and meet fans and, and beat all the other celebrities. That's always really fun. And run into old friends and stuff. Um, and uh, it... Uh, oh, now I can't... I'm sorry. Now I'm warming up. Okay. <laughs> um, so people will say that uh, was the first movie they saw alone. Like their parents let them go to a movie and they're like, oh, this is the first movie I saw. Um, and I love that. You know, I totally remember, you know, the first movies I saw or loved. And of course, where I saw them um, and and when and what was going on, you know, when I was growing up, when I saw them. And and that nostalgia. Now I have a question since you guys watched this and you shared it uh, with the younglings. um since there's no nostalgia connection, did they enjoy the film? Does it still play? It it definitely does. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Yeah, it, it's still connected. It's still connected. It, it wasn't. It was timeless. There are so many jokes that you go over people's heads if they're not of a certain age. Quick stuff that goes by. Yes. And uh, I love Joanna Cassidy and John Getz as the sleazy office guy is just yeah yes. Of course, a very early screen appearance by David Duchovny as a head inventory clerk. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It was funny you mentioned about the the things because my husband and I were like, whoa, and the kids didn't even get it. Like when they're at the, um, when they're having lunch, Christina Applegate and the sleazy, they're having lunch and he's talking about like. Inappropriate uh, things. And they're just like, they they didn't even get it. It was just like, woo. That was a cool thing about the 80s a lot of times is that stuff was you could do that. And so like watching it as an adult is so much different watching it as a kid because you get so many of the different references. So you're watching it. I just got a joke from Animal House that I never got before. So I'm watching Animal House like last night. It's just on cable and I'm watching it. It's the scene where uh, John Belushi puts the ladder and climbs up the window and is looking in the window while she's undressing. And it's full frontal, you know, her, her boobies. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's watching and all of a sudden he starts, he falls away. His, you know, he does this great gag where he hangs onto the ladder and he falls away. And as a kid, I just thought it was funny him falling. And I didn't realize it's because he got a boner. Ha! And it, that makes so, so much and, sense. It's really subtle. And it went over my head until yesterday. And I'm 40 years old now. So it went over my head. I never would have gotten that. No, me either. It's really tasteful and it's it's really sharp humor because I didn't I didn't get it until just now and you know I'm, and we're looking for that as kids we're looking for any sexual reference we can. Oh, you better believe and... it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dirty Dancing. I just watched that recently and I was like, I did not know all the storyline was going on. <laughs> what? I didn't know a lot of the stuff was going on in Dirty Dancing. I I didn't know. You don't understand Penny's problem. No. I didn't understand Penny's problem either when I was a kid. No. And I'm like. I thought she was just sick. I thought she was just having a bad day. Like appendicitis yeah. or something. <laughs> didn't, didn't understand what was going on there. It's just, I don't feel like they do that a lot now. Do you feel? I don't feel like they did that. In the 80s, it was. I don't know. It, it's I don't it's think hard because I'm an adult much. now. I don't think that they do it as much. And I feel like it was done a lot. Like movies like this and like the Goonies and. Like little little things here and there that well, you're like, I got that. I think that these movies, like, like Goonies is a great example. 
But I think that movies like that could be enjoyed by a kid. Or an adult. Or an adult. Yes. And for different reasons and different perspectives. Maybe that's just me talking because I love the Goonies as a kid and I love the Goonies as an adult. But I'm going to tell you right now, the movies that I'm enjoying with my children aren't new movies. Movies that we watch together, I can't remember the last time a new movie was released that we all sat and watched together. Right. We're... My kids are enjoying watching the 80s movies that I enjoyed watching growing up. They're enjoying those. And I'm enjoying them on a different level. Yeah. So I have some questions about uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yes. Fire away. These are, what would, what would your, what would you think would happen? So like, I was interested. Did Kenny ever go to, you know, did he ever become a chef? Oh, absolutely. He, uh, so listen, I would get fan mail from guys that were, you know, layabouts and they go, Dude, I, you know, went to Culinary Academy and I became a chef. I'm a gourmet chef at a five-star restaurant in Miami now. And several of those. And I was at a Salt Lake Comic Con and a woman stood up and she goes, I was inspired and I am now a chef. I, I was just blown away. That is so cool. I've got a lot of these because I wrote them down last night. <laughs> because the way that this went, it was like setting itself up for a sequel. If you think about it, it was like setting itself up. For, like, what happens next? I wish there had been. Right. Did Kenny and Nicole end up getting together? Because I think that would have been a, that would have been an okay match. Didn't know Nicole very well, but... Uh, I think that I have written probably three different storylines in my head of what you could do. You know? <laughs> uh, and now I'm sure Kenny's trying to run a restaurant, maybe a food cart. Who knows? I'm sure, um, you know, in California now, they can probably sell baked goods. Uh, and, uh, you know, never know. Christina Applegate will be probably, you know, running a company and, uh, yes. and I'm sure, uh, Joanna Cassidy, she says she's so surprised out of all the films she has done, uh, Blade Runner. Uh, she says, um, that people come up to her and constantly say, I'm right on top of that rose. Talk that, you know, around the world, people love her in that. I do too. She was amazing. She was amazing. Uh, nobody else could have played her no she she was great like there are phrases you've in that used movie it multiple that I've times used throughout my life like i'm right on top of that rose the qed report yeah, okay. the qed report the qed reports <laughs> like i don't know where it was it was like oh, any any time i see books like that with like ledgers in it but then i think like at work too like working in retail you get these types of things like the old way they used to do it um and it was the QED report. The QED report was beautiful. I wouldn't yes. want to have to do the report. No. But it was beautiful to look at. I wouldn't at. want to have to wait for that to print out. And I have used more than once. She talks like she's chewing her face. Because that's perfect. She really did. Talks <laughs> like she's chewing her face. Uh, there's so many great quotes in that. On Facebook, someone just started a rip and they just started listing so many Lines that I kind of read out of context. They're just hysterical lines. The whole cast uh, really pulled it off. Oh, my gosh. It was fantastic. Like, this was this was like the movie. Right. Well, I got my <laughs> answers to my questions. I was most concerned if Kenny became a chef. because You were concerned. You asked me that. And the writers, when they made uh, Don't Tell on the Babysitter's Dead, which, by the way, was originally titled the real world and it was about her going out and getting the job and um uh kind of a secret of my success or like working girl kind of a film oh. 
And uh, so we're filming it and we're shooting it. And they go, you know, it's really more about the family, you know, yeah. like in the work is a big important part, you know, because Christine Applegate just, I mean, she nails it top to bottom, beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. She carries it on her shoulders uh, like a champion. And she knew exactly what the tone was and uh, just. Was, was amazing. So they uh, said, you know what? It, we, uh, <laughs> HBO, um, Warner Brothers, Outlaw Productions, which had done Sex, Lies, and Videotape, um, it was a co-production and MTV. So all four like, were the producers. So mid-production, uh, they get a call and they go, hey, it's MTV and we're doing a reality show and it's called The Real World. And we don't want to confuse people with, you know, and they go, we, uh, we've screened what we have shot, you know, and we showed it to uh, 13-year-old boys. And the new name of your movie is Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And, I, and at that point, I'm like standing on set and I'm like, oh, now I'm in two babysitter movies. This is terrible. <laughs> That is amazing. That's so funny. Well, it wasn't on purpose. That's so cool. It's so funny how that works out. I didn't know MTV. I didn't know the MTV. Did you? I don't know that I did. I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. And then the HBO, they, that's why. So it's interesting. Like Adventures of Babysitting, you mentioned it came out on video and you had the video cassette. Yeah. And I've had fans say that they wore theirs out and we get warbly or break because they play it day after day after. And I love that. I love to hear that. You know, just put it on in the background. Oh, and that's, a, by the way, how I can tell the difference if it's on uh, cable playing the full version or if it's chopped up for commercials. Mm-hmm. It's the sound. I might not be watching it, but I'll, I'll leave it on. You sure if it's on channels, I'll totally watch it. So, but then I'll be doing something or whatever and I'll hear us they'll cut a little scene out or the end of a scene to make it fit for the commercials. And I'll go, Oh, that's the TV version. <laughs> ah. Now there is really, really bad language. Like don't tell mom. I would actually, for people that have kids, um, they'll go, you know, can I, when, when, how old do you think before I can show them adventures in babysitting or don't tell mom? And they'll be like, do you think I can show my eight year old or my 10 year old adventures of baby? And I'm like, I'm not sure. Because can I curse on your show? Can yeah. Please do. So it has a shit, fuck, uh, like p- damn, piss, hell, uh, homo. Um, it it and multiple instances of a lot of those you know words, and it introduced uh, one uh, family said that their four year old had watched it because of the you know older kids watching it, <laughs> and just started running around the house going. Uh, fuck, 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 fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Then, um, so I would actually, and believe it or not, even though Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, you know, we got the babysitter dying and Kenny's a stoner and, you know, there are all those sexual jokes, you know. Have you ever had a 24-hour orgasm? I've never been to Santa Barbara. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That I, I would let people i would let kids see don't tell mom and then wait till they're a little older before they see adventures in babysitting <laughs> there were a couple times too there was one where um she calls you a what was it what was the word it wasn't prick it was something else you lazy little punk yes, yes. But, her, but her mouth says prick her mouth says prick it absolutely does they um 
that was always that way. So no matter what, which version, it's the same. It's weird. I don't know, you know why they did that. I think that pushed it over the edge. Imagine the parents and the teachers that are part of the you know, MPAA that rate movies and like the community members, uh, some with family, some with not, and they're all watching these films uh, and they see um, certain things together like, wait, she's in a bathrobe and he, you know, he's or she's in a bath. He's, you know, here or no, uh, uh Oh, he's in the room smoking weed when she comes in nearly naked with just the bath towel on. And then she says, prick. No, not, not a prick. So they knew that they had a couple of language stuff that they wanted to use for sure. But it's not that bad. I don't think don't tell mom the babysitters that has uh, as bad a language. It's just a little more adult themes. I think that, you know, uh, 12, 13, when you're. You know, a younger teen, when you just hit your teens, Adventures of Babysitting is great. And maybe Don't Tell Mom does play better for a 16, 17, you know. And and I love it. There are There's a generation of fans that were in their early 20s when the movie came out. And they loved it and were inspired by it. And I just love that. Um, and the producers, uh, we had about four, five, six great producers on Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter is Dead. Uh, they were the two of them were the uh, groundskeepers that buried the woman at the end. Yes, <laughs> they're uh, two of the their outlaw productions, the ones that did Sex Lies and Videotape. And then one of the producers was Julia Phillips, who had done Close Encounters of the Third Kind and you know Jaws, and uh, it just uh, so it was neat, you know, to have a you know a great woman producer as well. Now get this, Adventures in Babysitting had two women producers, Linda Obst and Deborah Hill. Deborah Hill had done um, all of John Carpenter's films, uh, and uh, she's uh, passed now. But Linda Obst, uh, she recent oh, they had done Fisher King after Adventures of Baby. And uh, Linda Obst had just done Interstellar. And so it was great because Adventures of Babysitting is totally, you know, girl power. Yeah. And two women producers do that. And then also an interesting note in Adventures of Babysitting, the building that they hang off of, uh, it was at the time it was called the Stone Smurfit building, container building. Um, it was in Running Scared. The real lobby of that building was when they rappel down the lobby at the end of Running Scared, the one with Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. We used a lobby in Toronto as the lobby of that, but the exterior of the building, we never set foot on. They shot shots of it, but we did all the like special effects and insert stuff. So we never went, but that is uh, one of the only buildings in downtown Chicago that was the architect was a woman. That's so cool. Oh, cool. Uh, because all of the other buildings are tall, thrusting phallic symbols. And the Associate Center is a sloping gradual slope diamond uh and so that's a feminine building and an energy for them to be climbing on instead of them climbing on a big phallus so and i just love that little note and detail to be able to to choose that and that there's that background about um about you know the girl's story i'm going to take a little trip back to what we were talking about you know you being a an actor in the 80s and getting these two two movies like who was your your friend group like did you hang out with 
other actors, other actors and actresses. One of my best friends growing up was uh, Gabe Jarrett, who was Mitch in Real Genius. Uh, and we uh, also grew up with Jake Busey. And then there'd be uh, Scott Grimes would be. That's cool. You know, hanging out. And uh, I also uh, would love to go over to the Zappa's house and hang out with uh, Ahmet. That's pretty cool. Dweezil every once in a while. And uh, and Moon Unit and Diva and uh, and Gail. And uh, it was, and Frank, you'd see, I'd be down playing Frank's piano and he'd walk out. Hey, how's it going? Oh, my God. I'm, <laughs> it would hit me. I'm like, I'm playing Frank Zappa's piano right now. That's crazy. Uh, That's incredible. Yes. <laughs> and that, you know, introduced to, they have a, a, a cousin, uh, Lala Slopeman, who uh, was dating Corey Haim. And so I would start to see Corey Haim, and that's when Corey Fever, Corey, the two Corys, oh my was gosh. just yes. at peak Corey. <laughs> uh, and it was, I was, you know, I'm, I still am starstruck, and I've always been, whenever I work, you know, with, I was, so lucky to be able to work with like Dick Van Dyke and uh, you know Robin Williams and mm-hmm. Jonathan Winters and Pam Dauber and Laverne and Shirley. I mean That's Cindy great. Williams and Penny Marshall were, you know, just uh, what a pair. And to do that week after week after week after week and That's all the physical comedy and mm-hmm. a lot of those stars do feel, like Dick Van Dyke. The physical comedy he did was. Uh, you know, just amazing. And, and, you know, in cartoonish, we think Jim Carrey goes yeah. too far. If you really look back and stuff, there's, you know, Jimmy Stewart had a pretty rubber face. Um, and uh, so I, I, and I have, and so uh, the sad thing about being a cinephile is that the more you learn about movies and stuff, you realize you'll never be able to watch them all. You're like, I still haven't seen, you know, how the West was one. I still haven't seen Cimarron. I, I, oh my God, what am I, you know, there's uh <laughs> You just realize you just not enough time, and now we've got these, you know, series and uh, Netflix and Amazon, and uh, there's just so much to watch. There's so much. So part of it's different now in that back then, if uh, you were a kid actor, the reason I say there was a lot of work for everybody that even some of the people that you would see from kids from audition audition, uh, they only got a job or two, mm-hmm. but it would be a network TV show that's on in front of the whole family, you know, mm. and uh, that gave you a right, the same chair at the table as everybody else. You know, if you pulled your weight on a, you know, silver spoons or you did a couple of other series or whatever, but if it was memorable, um, you, and then you, then from that, that kind of, you just keep working. They go, okay, they're good. They're not going to bump into the furniture, mm-hmm. you know, they, their lines. They didn't burn any time while you're on the set. It's the most important thing. They don't care if you ultimately suck. Just don't waste everybody's time on the right. set. You're going to suck. Be quick about it. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you hope you stay in the picture, you know, after yeah. you shoot it. And then so you'll do then after you start doing the movies, you I, I was I was like, uh, got really lucky. I did about two a year. And. uh you do like a studio picture, then a side picture and a studio picture, then a side picture. And they all, t- back then they all took about three months to film. Uh, now they're shooting movies in 11 days or 16 days. That's insane. Or, it's amazing. And then, or you get on a superhero action movie and you're shooting for six months. 
Um, and that was always the case. Uh, you know, you know, there are certain genres, you know, you're going to be working in a series that was always scared my mom. She goes, you don't want to get trapped in a series. You'll be on there for, you know, three, four five years or whatever the original contract is. If the show, you know, uh, keeps going, um, She'd be like, there's so much work that you won't be able to do because you're on that show. <laughs> wow. I never really thought about that, but it's true because it you wouldn't true. be able to get out of that. No, I never. That would be. An, I I honestly never, ever would have thought of that. No. Like, I would think that's what you'd want. Right. But <laughs> what if there's that big movie right. that you want? It'd be kind of hard. If Or, or so, impossible. Back then, a lot of movies try to schedule, you know, it's L.A. and the best daylight and the best chance you're not going to get rained out is to schedule your shoot for the summer, mm -hmm. which is also the hiatus season for series. Uh, people in TV work school year. They work September through to spring and then you get the summers off. And that's when the movie people would snatch up all the people on TV shows and put them in their movies. Interesting. Well, that makes sense. That's cool. And instead of doing 10 episodes for a season, you know, some of these shows have just eight episodes in their season. Um, back then, you did 26 episodes a year. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah, but that's normal. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. that was, I mean, that yeah. was. Yeah. Because I still, like, I look at these, like, Netflix shows and, like, HBO shows mm -hmm. and stuff, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. First of all, if it's a really good show, I'm like, why do you only have 10 episodes? Right. right. <laughs> I want so more. Because the, the audience, instead of broadcasting, it's now called narrow casting because you don't have 39 and a half million people watching the Cosby show. Mm -hmm. Right. You have, you have 800,000 people watching Silicon Valley. Mm. Can you believe that? It's... You know, about a million people maybe love the show, watch the show. At least one episode I had read the ratings for it, and that's what it said. said really? Yeah. And, I, and um, Imposters, which is a great show about con artists um it got renewed and its viewership was about eight hundred thousand people for that, each episode that seems what? so low when you're thinking about like my so-called life getting canceled because like it didn't meet like right you know right that's insane that is, i mean so, also is... the other thing is then if you're a kid actor today being on even five shows People could be like, I have no idea who you are um, because I was watching Bridesmaids mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and here comes this amazing actress. And da, 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 she's just, you know, absolutely amazing. I go that she's going to hit. She's going to break. And my wife goes, yeah, she's been on a series for a few years. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't even know, you know, I didn't watch the show. So I didn't know who she was. And yet she'd been on a hit show for like two or three years. Yeah. yeah. You know, I love that. I love it when uh, people are like, who? Oh, I have no idea. And it could be pretty big show, big hit show. Like, I don't watch um, Game of Thrones. I could get mugged by the cast of Game of Thrones and I wouldn't pick them out of a lineup. But uh, you show me, like, you know, uh, robot number two from Westworld and I'll be like, oh, you were in episode three, about 20 minutes in. You were in the back left. You had a red scarf. Westworld's damn. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what, what would be ours. What would be our what? Jam? Like, yeah. What would be... Like what, some, like, what do we watch? Yeah. I'll I tell you what I watch. What do you watch? I watch This Is Us. Like, crazy. I can't watch that. I'm. I, that's a too emotionally draining for me. 
It's a good. It's a great, fantastic show. Grey's Anatomy. My wife is addicted to Grey's Anatomy, and uh, I've I have purposely never too. seen I it. Definitely enjoy it. Oh, it, you'll love it. You'll I love th- it. I know. That's why okay. I've never seen it. There's not enough time in my day. See. <laughs> Uh, interesting is back then, you know, the advertiser was king. That's where you get your money from your commercial. That's how you make all of TV. Now, movies, you got to get people out of their homes and go take cash and get a ticket and sit in the theater to make your money or rent videos later or whatever. So um, you also have to, so you have to air TV commercials of your movie. And there was a blitz for Adventures in Babysitting. They played the hell out of those commercials. Same with Don't Tell on the Babysitter's Dead. And the very end of the trailer is, dishes are done, man. Yeah. (laughs) uh, So so many people were exposed to the quote, but they didn't even see the movie. And that, I was really lucky there. People always either come up to me or they'll be like, take it back, Brad. Or they'll say... Just say it. Just say it once. I'm like, dishes <laughs> are done, man. Yes. That's all, you know, I, uh, that's going to be on my headstone. Here lies Keith Coogan. The dishes are done, man. Hey, that is the best. Though. As it should. Uh, so the money, knowing where uh, those advertising dollars coming in. So back then, ratings were based on this nefarious thing called Nielsen ratings. They would put, you know, send out pamphlets to people to fill out or... You know, sometimes set top boxes, but you didn't know who was in the room or who was how many people were watching at that. It could be one person. It could be the TV left on while someone's vacuuming. Today, they know your IP address. They know your address, who you are, your age, your preferences, what you bought, what you're going to buy. Did you read about the woman, the girl? She was like pretty young, 16, 17 years old. And her dad's getting the mail, and it says it's from Sears, and it said, "Congratulations, here get some," because um, uh, they, but based on the lotions she was buying and stuff, it triggered their algorithm that she's probably pregnant. <gasps> so Sears told the dad before the daughter told the dad. Oh my! Oh my gosh. goodness! That's crazy. Of targeted advertising. So they said with your birth date and your zip code it's a 99% chance they can know exactly who you are so now that is way more valuable to an advertiser mm-hmm. now you know what age range what sex preferences previous history purchases viewing habits and you've got um, much more valuable information for that wow. you, also there's a gray market people that take that information put it up against Facebook, put it up against Equifax. They're checking your credit score. They're looking at business deals. And so when you're filling out a home loan application online or like a loan application, it's running this before you finish the form. So by the time you hit enter, it goes yes or no. But in the background, it's actually scrubbing through all of this, all the way back to Friendster. All the way back to Friendster. Friendster. That's right. So anyway, so perhaps that's why a smaller audience is no big deal Mm -hmm. because it's a very very targeted audience. They know their audience very well. And also because of the shows, there's so many great different types of shows that are on. And uh, it is, my wife and I hate the term, we promised to slap each other in the face if either of us said the golden age of television again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, and also there's a blend between, uh, like I really love Daredevil and, uh, uh, Dare, uh, Daredevil took its time, the, you know, the Netflix series 
and um, did scenes that um, uh, on the show, the kingpin starts courting a woman and he like gets this private dining room and uh, he courts. They have this whole background story, how she'd been raped before by this guy. And they really they kind of trust each other. And it's the most it was it was incredibly well performed. They get up to the edge and they start looking over the city and he holds a cell phone up to her and he goes, I've got the guy that did it to you. We're about to shoot him. Do you want to hear him scream? And she goes, yeah. Now, in the old days, in a 90 minute movie up in, you know, broad projected on the screen, they're never going to do all the build up. All they're going to do is hold the phone up and go, right. yeah, above a shot of the city. You're never going to have the 10 minutes leading up to that to develop her and develop her side of the story. And so I love the long form that Netflix and Amazon shows and Hulu and Crackle. I love the longer form. Well, they'll like I love uh, high maintenance. And uh, what's the dog one? They have one downward dog or um, there is uh, shameless is amazing. Oh, you know, there's, yes. So many great shows. And what's great is sometimes if uh, actors are like, oh, it's only a web series. Because technically, Netflix and Amazon, it's a web series. Mm-hmm. Right. Tech- um, so if they have that attitude, maybe they also, they there's a safety net. They're like, well, this isn't, you know, a major motion picture that I don't have to worry about. It. And they relax and they do some of the best work. Rob Lowe is the master of totally exceeding my expectations every time he's on film. <laughs> he's amazing rob low hello is. how you doing and plant-based diet yes so yes <laughs> because he's benjamin button like i don't know what's going on there but for real yes he doesn't age it must be la because like he looks like he you know well they don't have the stress they don't have the stress of the snow. Uh, right. <laughs> the stress of the of the cold weather. Yeah, we do have parking issues. So there's always street parking once or twice a week. There's restricted zones during rush hour. Yeah, what's a yellow zone? I don't know. I think you can park there. And so it's like, <laughs> I always joke, um, I'll have parked and I'll see like tourists parking and starting to read the signs to see if they need to feed their meter. And I go, it's okay. It's okay. It'll be towed in five minutes. It'll be in Santa Ana. Um, they really, they, they'll tow your car because then they get the impound fee, the towing fee, and storage fee. Oh, man. Uh, get you. And you got to have your license, registration, and proof of insurance to get your car out of impound. Oh, my word. It's uh, It's a racket. We have more cars in L.A. than there are people on the island of Manhattan. Wow. That's a lot of cars. It's a desert. Uh, that it, within 90 minutes you can go from the sand at the beach to uh, snow. I think um, that's cool. That, and, yeah, it is. Go skiing on the same skiing and surfing on the same day. Uh, you can go to the woods. You can go to you know hiking. And then there's, I love the line in L.A. story. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, some of our buildings are over 20 years old. We do have some historic buildings that LA tends to just tear everything down and build something else. Um, but you, uh, it's 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 amazing. It's I love LA. Uh, it's it's uh, it's got its own like New York people. You can't last if you don't have your shit together in New York. You wouldn't last a minute. Right. LA, you can couch trip and 
find yourself. It's like, oh, developing a one-man show. Um, so it's you meet a lot of interesting people in L.A., and, and I think people are pretty laid back. Very cool. Well, I'm very excited to go there. So I know that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going out there to see Joey McIntyre perform. Very excited <laughs> about that. <laughs> I'm going for one day. I'm flying to Boston to LA one day. Coming back yep. just for that. <laughs> wow. We wanted to before we wrap up. We just want to know if you would like to share with us and our listeners what you're up to what projects you might be working on where we where you we can find you social media so lately i have been turning into bad guys on film and on tv back then in the 80s uh every movie was about white people uh and specifically white kids in the suburbs between the ages of 14 and 17 years old (laughs) So I got lucky to kind of get pulled into that tide. And, you know, if if perhaps there was a broader spectrum at the time, I'm, you know, those roles could have gone to much more talented kids than me. So right now, with there's a great diversity push in Hollywood and they want what's on screen and uh, those characters to actually reflect and mirror the very audiences that are watching and to have representation like Ray or The Bride, or uh, Salt, uh, to have that kind of representation means a lot to people. Look what's happening with Black Panther right now. This yeah. is going to ridiculous. It's going to make so much money, and it's going to uh, help tell stories that people just don't really get a chance to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now, where does a 48-year-old straight white male fit into the equation? <laughs> I now am playing the antagonist to those young new heroes. And so I am now the bad guy. I am the meth cook. I am the, the you meth. know, talent agent. I am, uh, you know, uh, it, it is fun. I, you know, I just went for a, out for a skeezy rodeo, uh, boss. Cool. It literally was like sleazy and slimy. I'm like, perfect. And, you know, hope to get it. But, <laughs> I hope you do. I hope you do too. I'm all for yeah. that. So cool. And where can we find you on social media? So I have a website, uh, keithcooganonline.com. That website again, keithcooganonline.com. And uh, there's some fun videos and pictures on there and a couple of like behind the scenes stuff. Um, And uh, links to my merchandise where I'll sell autographs or sign dishes. You can get dishes are done, man, on a plate. I've totally uh, seen those. <laughs> those are awesome. I, I'm trying to uh, sell uh, Don't Fuck With The Babysitter shirts. Uh, but uh, we, we got a heat press so that we can make dish towels. It's got Don't uh, Dishes Your Son Man on the dish towels. So, uh, and then uh, Twitter and Instagram is just Keith Coogan. That's Perfect. awesome. That's awesome. Well, we really, really, really appreciate yes, you taking the time to talk to us. Thank you. It was really fun. Uh, you know, we totally just nerded out. It was great. Yes. I love it. We it's... learned so much. I feel like so educated right now. I know. We yeah. learned so much. Thank you so much. No, it's it's great. Like, this is how we love to spend our Friday night. Yes. Is like geeking out over And we totally stuff we geeked love. out. Because this is awesome. I did. Yes. For sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's been well, listen, amazing. Thank you, thank you guys very much. I had 
and uh, uh, go out, ask, you know, ask people around town, ask Will Wheaton, ask Andre Gower, ask uh, Scott Grimes. You never know who's going to say yes. And uh, totally. uh, I, I treat Twitter differently. You know, they're how you're supposed to, like, follow a few people and then have millions of followers. So I, uh, you know, Twitter is like a great kind of news feed. You know, you just start scrolling down and you get all these different links and, you know, pictures and videos. So, but why wouldn't you want to listen to or be able to see what other people are talking about? So I think I like to follow people back if they're not an obvious, you know, scam or con or like marketing business. Um, and uh, it's that, you know, I love that. I love that connection. Uh, and, uh, that's totally different too. Cause it used to be fan mail that would come in and then, um, you know, you'd have help with family to like sort it and sign it and, you know, figure out and mail it back, mail it back. And, uh, now it's just so instant. And, uh, what, what is a snap? What is a Insta story? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great. And we, again, we just really appreciate it. Appreciate mm. you, you know, coming on. And, and scheduling with us and I just can't believe how much I learned tonight. I know. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to tell everybody my new, can't wait to share my new knowledge. I'm ready. And the, all of our all listeners th- are going to hear All it. thanks to Keith. Well, I'm going to start sharing a little bit here and there gonna go to, tell, to my husband gonna go tell because husband. I'm going to be like, hey, hey, guess what I know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you so much. Thank you. Um, we'll, we'll see you on Twitter. Yeah, we'll see you on Twitter. Yeah. And Instagram. Yes. I'll come find you on Instagram. We'll yes, follow you. We're, we're going to come find you on Instagram. <laughs> we're going to hunt you down on Instagram. <laughs> All right. All I'll, right. Uh, I'm right on top of that, Rose. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Bye. Uh, bye. Hey, bye. So that was Keith Coogan. It's Thanks, been, Keith. It's been a week since we've talked to it, Keith Coogan, just like week. you just said. It's been a week since we talked to him, because yeah. we recorded that last week, and we're recording this now. Right. And I still can't believe it happened. I'm, I can't either. I'm so excited. And he was so good to us. You know what? Keith Coogan, you're a national treasure. Did I take the words right out of your mouth? You did. Hashtag national treasure right there. Yeah. He really, truly. Yes. Keep we don't moving. throw that around. I no. mean, I know we say it, but like, and legitimately. But here's the thing: like, we say it about a select few, right? Just want to let you know, we don't throw that around like it's like no, no. But he just he just made us feel so comfortable and yep. told us we were professional, which is so nice that to was hear. So nice, because like we don't know, right? This is all like, new to us still. I mean, yeah, we've been doing it since July, but still. But it's only February. It is only February. It hasn't even been a year. No. And we never did anything like this before. No. Like, no. we don't, like, we're not like, like, ex radio personalities no. that decided to do this. I did a little bit of video editing for, for the newspaper. But, but, but seriously. Yeah. This is it. And we really appreciate that. Yeah. So, Keith, you're our people. You are. And we love you. And thank you. I'm getting one of those dishes, man. The dishes are done, man. Yes. My kids have been saying that all week long, especially when I asked them to do the dishes. And I'm like, "Um, no, the dishes are not done. Come do the dishes. As a matter of fact, (laughs) they're not. Right on top of that, Rose. They've been saying that, too. So... Um, the only thing I didn't say, the only quote I didn't say 
that looking back, I mean, it wasn't his quote in the movie. Oh, yes. But seriously, one quote that I do say, I haven't as much, but I used to a lot. I remember, and I never knew what it was from. Was, park it yourself, Metallica breath. (laughs) I thought that was so funny. Your brother would say it, too. Yes, my brother would say it. Yes, I can remember him him saying that It was like his favorite part. Yeah. So anyway, that was really, really, really awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Keith. Yes. You know, you're welcome back anytime. Yeah. Oh, please. That would be fun. I know. Oh, my goodness. He was like a movie connoisseur. We learned so much. Yeah. Like, for real. Like, I'm a boy band connoisseur. (laughs) Yeah. Says so on my work profile. (laughs) Does it really? (laughs) It really does. Oh, I should have that on my work profile. It says boy band connoisseur. That's It should really. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. That's the truth. Hashtag truth. Hashtag I'm nothing but the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag, so help me God. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so So, that was awesome. That was awesome. And, um, and yeah, so. We've gotten some really good ideas for the shows. Yes. We have. We have. They're awesome. And, and that's great because we, we need ideas. Keep them coming because we want to know what you guys want to hear. Yeah, we get a whole bunch of forms on the website. Whole, like, you want to give us seriously your, your expertise? Is that like the right way to say that? You want to give yeah, us works. your like? You do it. You go right on the website. There's forms. Yes, and also the feedback that we've been getting. People are feeling a little bit more open to tell us their feedback, and I'm very appreciative of that. Because here's the thing, guys: we can't get better if we don't ha- hear feedback. Right. So if you don't like something, let us know. Chances are, like, email us. Yeah. Because And if you like something, let us know. Well, it's nice to hear that you're doing a good job. Yeah. And if... Not if, that, like, I, you know what I mean? We don't need that. Like, you don't have right. to stroke our egos. No. But, but like, just to if be you like, really hey, liked something in particular, let us know, because then we might cover it again. Right. Or, like, if you... Like, for instance, if you really liked today's episode... Right. ...with Keith... Right. Let us know if you really liked that, because then we can really try to get more people on like that. Yeah, we like, can try. It's not easy. We we have reached out to some others. We have. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but, no, but but for real. Like, if you like our playlist episodes, yeah. tell us. Right. We'll do more. Right. Or if you're like, me, not so much. Eh, not so much. Then. That's cool, too. We want to know. Because then we, we want to know what you guys are really liking. And also, keep sending us your ideas for shows. Because we have one. And we also want to hear what you're really disliking. Like, I cannot get this through this episode because of A, B, and C. But we had a a really good idea. Oh, yes. And I think we'll do it. It came from the Facebook chat. Yes. Dawn Height. I think that's how you say her last name. Oh, that's how it's spelled. Height. 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 (laughs) Like, Kite. You know what you did. You, you, You know what you did. Rex Manning Day. What? What? So Manning. we are going to have in the near future, yes, an episode on Empire Records. Yeah, what a soundtrack, man! What a soundtrack! Can I just tell you, I actually liked the soundtrack better than the movie, but that's okay. We'll talk I got about that, that on from the show. Columbia House. I may have as well. Yeah, but it was one that I wanted. Yeah, it wasn't like one of the ones at the end when you're like, oh, I got to pick something. Oh, I never had that problem. I I sometimes did. Really? Yeah. But I also did, I I did that a lot. Like I was a serial Columbia House did, BMG subscriber. Did you subscriber. put them in your like dog's name and your like Cabbage Patch Kids name? 
Not my Cabbage Patch Kid's name. And not my dog either, because Peanut, I don't know if they'd believe that was a real May. person. But um, no, I, I, I did have that problem sometimes, because you only had what, the, what was on the stamps. That's true. And sometimes, you know, the stamps, they... The stamps weren't that great. Right. Sometimes you just didn't want blind melon. I did. But sometimes you ended up getting... Like a Bruce hootie Springsteen. And the blowfish. And you were like, mm, sure. No thanks. I'm all set with the hootie. I never had hootie. Mm. Did you have hootie? Yes. I mean, I liked hootie. I'm the wonder is I never will. No. I cannot. I, Anytime I, like I hear hootie. him singing, I'm just like, no. he went country. It he may- turned his back to the blowfish. Well, yeah, but he's a good singer. And I think he's Darius a good guy. Rucker. He is a good guy. He is a good guy. He is. And it makes me think of Friends. I never watched Friends. You never watched Friends? I told you this. I don't know that I realized, though, that you really never watched Friends. I would, like, somewhat catch it here and there because I felt like everybody talked about Friends. Is that... Should I admit that? Probably not. That's fine. You can admit that. But now I, I think we need to have, like, it, an introduction of, like, I, Nikki introduced to Friends. I felt so lost as to what was going on. Like, Ross and Rachel, that whole thing, I followed that a little bit. Yeah. It's just kind of like Seinfeld, too, when people were like, remember that Seinfeld episode? And I'm just like, Whoa. Kevin knows yeah. every single Seinfeld episode. I've watched is. several Seinfeld episodes, but not like Friends. No. I, and what, if you want, I, I can't do that with shows, though. Like, I could talk about Friends. It had to, has to, like, really hit, like, right there. I know what you mean. You know what I mean? Because I could talk about Friends like that. I can talk about Unsolved Mysteries like that. I can talk about The Office like that. I can talk about The Office like that. I, I have watched The Office every year around this time. Yeah. Right when when tax season comes to a, like... Yeah. It starts to We start up. watching The Office again from season one. And the kids the freaking love it. It's such a good show. It's a great show. It is. Family friendly. And I can also talk about Sex and the City like that. I've never and seen Parks Sex and Rec. in the City. I've never seen one episode of Sex in the City. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love that what show. Was I like, I just was really busy. What were you doing on Sunday nights? <clears throat> Nothing. Cause it Working. Because I always worked on the weekends. I always worked. Like at the airport. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I never had HBO. I guess I did always have HBO. You my always parents had always had HBO. When we lived together, we had HBO. Because you couldn't do it without HBO. I can remember that. I'm, pr- I'm like, well, we didn't have cable for a while. We didn't have right, anything for a while. Didn't. But I'm sure, like I, like I recorded it or something at my parents. We watched tapes. We did Cruel Intentions. That's a movie I'd like to do. That's a movie we have to do. That movie I can. That movie I could. I love that movie. I, I love that soundtrack. Yes, that soundtrack. That is reminded amazing. me of taking showers in that apartment. Because I was obsessed with that movie. Yes. We literally watched it on a loop 24-7. And you didn't mind. You were like, yeah, go ahead. Pop in Cruel Intentions. Let's do this. I'm down. I'm down. I like Cruel Intentions. I love Cruel Intentions. Hey. Cruel Intentions. Empire Records. Fast Times on Ridgemont High. We talked about that. We'll do that. I'm in the minority here. I would love to do Valley Girl. Valley Girl. I would love it. Oh, my God. I love it so much. I watched a lot of, like, scary movies. I watched. You did. It was my father. You did. My father. <laughs> you totally did. I your father figure. No, 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 Wrong father. Nope. Oh. Wrong no. figure. Joe. Hey. Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So we have some good ideas. Yes. So, hey, I have a question. Hey. 
question away. Let's take a little poll here. Okay. Unofficial. Okay. Just between two of us? Well, if you want to tell us your feedback, email us at mysocalledwhatever at gmail.com. Oh, yes. What do you guys think of the bye, 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 bye? Because I don't know if I like it. I'm, I'm okay with it. You don't think it sounds awkward? It does, and I think that's the charm of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's charming. But hey, if you don't like it, tell weird. us. I don't care. Yeah, well, if I'll it, switch it does up. Does it sound weird? Because, I mean, we, maybe, Probably. maybe we just say peace. I don't like that. I can't even say bye. All right. Okay. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. There, I did it all by myself. Yeah, see, it sounds better when you do it. Okay, let's do it together. Okay, ready? One, One two, three. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> all right, perfect. See ya.